T. And this is Kel. And we are... Dropping the Dime... On True Crime. A True Crime Podcast. Welcome listeners to Dropping the Dime on True Crime. Kelly, we've got some emails, didn't we? We did, yes. So Haley C. from Philadelphia wanted to know if the grandson in the death of Maurice Sill from episode three... They wanted to know if he brought the bench with him from California. Well, although I don't know this for a fact, I'm kind of guessing he did not fly from California with it. I mean, he maybe he drove. I'm not sure of the route that he took from California to West Virginia. But I will say this. If you look at the Google Maps, like the overview of this retirement home, there were lots of wooded areas. And there were several benches around, so I'm wondering if he relocated a bench from one part of the grounds to another. That would make more sense. I I just can't imagine someone bringing a bench with them. No, but that that would be funny, though, wouldn't it? Yes, absolutely. What are you checking today, sir, on your flight? Well, I've got this garden bench. (laughs) Like, okay. And then Jessica M. from Virginia Beach, Virginia, wants to know if we think Suzanne Morphew from Episode 7 is dead or and also who did it. So, I don't know. What do we think, Tony? Suzanne's dead. I'm sorry. In my opinion, yes. she's dead. What do you think, Kelly? Yes, I think there's still a lot of unknowns, um, you know, with the DNA and everything. And I think that certainly needs to be investigated but, it, you know, based on, you know, what I've seen and everything, you know, I'm sure Barry probably did it. That's what I think, too. But, again, there's a lot of unknowns. I mean, the police, in my opinion, did not do their due diligence. There's a lot of people that they needed to rule out and DNA evidence and all that. So, I guess we'll see. Yeah, but you know what I say a lot. If it walks like a duck and quacks like a duck. <laughs> You know, 100%, yeah. It, it kind of points to him, though he is guilty. I'm, I'm sorry, excuse me, innocent until proven guilty. Right. So. Okay, Kelly. I can't believe we're already at episode eight. I know I say that every stinking time, but it's awesome. We are garnering listeners from all over the country and different countries. It's, it's awesome. Yes, so let's get into it. Oh, yeah. Okay. Today, I want to tell you guys all, um, all I know about Tristan Bailey's death. Allegedly, at the hands of her 14-year-old so-called friend, Aiden Fucci, in the or- early morning hours of Sunday, May 9th, 2021. Now, to make it even worse, or, or actually more heartbreaking, this was Mother's Day, Kelly. Oh, It was Mother's Day. Now, Tristan was born January 18th of 2008. She was a bright and popular 13-year-old 7th grader at Patriot uh, Patriot Oaks Academy in St. John's, Florida. And from all accounts, she was sweet, popular, and she loved cheerleading. And she was on three different cheerleading squads. Oh, wow. On May 8th, Tristan and her family went out to eat... And they went to her adult sister's house for a while to visit, and they came home at about 11.45 p.m. At that point, Tristan's sister saw her speaking on video chat at about midnight with an unidentified male. So she's on, like, um, um, 
FaceTime, whatever, okay. and, but her sister doesn't recognize this kid. Her sister said the guy was wearing a white baseball hat backwards, and we don't know exactly who she was speaking with. At about 12.25 a.m., she had an incoming call from whom they later determined to be Aiden Fucci. It's not known what they talked about, though, Kelly. Okay. At some point in time, Tristan ended up at Trey Absher's house. Now, Trey Absher, who um, by all accounts was a friend of Tristan, um, said Aiden Fucci came to his house after leaving his girlfriend's house at about 8 p.m. on Saturday, May 8th. He said they hung out and played a video game. They went outside and smoked CBD marijuana at about 11.30 p.m. Aiden? So, like, CBD, is that like a vape or something? I'm guessing. I'm not sure. Okay. I'm ju- I guess I'm just And old. how old were they? Um, like, age group? Aiden was 14. Okay. Aiden was complaining about smoking CBD, saying it sucked, and he didn't have any of his own uh, marijuana to smoke. Trey asked Aiden if he wanted him to invite Tristan over, and Aiden agreed. Now, Trey called Kristen and invited her to come over. Trey said that Aiden then asked him for Tristan's phone number, and then Aiden called her himself and convinced her to leave to come over before her sister went to bed, because I'm guessing, you know, they got home late. Sure. She's like, hey, my sister's up. I don't want to sneak out yet. Right. But Aiden called her, convinced her to come over before her sister went to bed. Now, Tristan got to Trey's house at about 12, um, 1230 a.m., Trey said that Tristan was upset because she was afraid her sister caught her sneaking out. He said Tristan said something like, oh my God, I want to run away. But how often, I mean, she's 13. She's 13. Right. How often do 13-year-olds say that? I mean, they're, you know, kids are, I mean. Yeah, they sneak out at that age. Dramatic. Yeah. Well, Trey said Aiden and Tristan then went outside to smoke some CBD marijuana. I know I sound like such an old fogey saying CBD marijuana. <laughs> Trey says he went outside and he took a hit of the CBD, then went back inside falling asleep while watching TikTok videos. He said then Aiden and Tristan hung out mostly outside alone together and didn't have much in, and he didn't have much interaction with them. Tristan and Aiden came back inside, and they woke Trey up, and he told him they needed to leave. You know, I guess he's sleeping. He's like, you guys need to leave. Right. Trey said Aiden and Tristan left at about 1.10 a.m., and then he fell back to sleep. He said he didn't have any more communication with Aiden or Tristan that night, which was actually early in the morning. So right. This was early in the morning, Mother's Day. Now, fast forward, about 9 a.m., um, 9.40 a.m., sorry, on Sunday, May 9th, this is Mother's Day, Okay. Tristan's sister went to her room to wake her up for a Sunday Mother's Day breakfast, but she was not in her room. Her family searched the house to no avail. Tristan's dad, Forrest Bailey, then searched their neighborhood with no luck. He also created a social media post asking for help from the community in locating his daughter. Tristan's mother, Stacy Bailey, then called 911 at about 10 a.m., stating that her child was missing and was last seen at midnight and was supposed to be in bed. 
She told police that Tristan's cell phone was not in her room and that it went straight to voicemail when they tried to call it. Her mom also said Tristan's cell phone location and Snapchat locations were turned off. Her mom said that a family friend had Tristan on the Life360 app, which is like a location and safety sharing app, but Tristan stopped sharing her location at some point, which I'm not sure at what point she stopped sharing. Right. Her dad accessed <clears throat> which Tristan's that's phone. that's typical, though. Like, oh, yeah. I mean, I can She's remember my kids, like, turning it off. That's just pretty right. normal. Her dad then accessed <clears throat> Tristan's phone records because he was the account holder. After speaking with multiple people, I'm, and I'm guessing from her cell phone and text log, the Baileys assumed Tristan had snuck out the previous night. So the dad starts looking through the account logs and maybe contacts people sure. that she's had contact with and is like, oh, she snuck out the previous night. They expressed how they had no idea about her sneaking out previously. So they were like, wow, this is, this is not right, her daughter. Is she doesn't yeah. do this. And Kelly, can you imagine being her parents and siblings at this point? You know what has to be in the back of their mind, and they're hoping it's not true and that she'll walk through the door with a big smile any minute. Right. I mean, it's every parent's worst nightmare, you think? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Now, at about 6 p.m. that evening on Mother's Day, the sheriff's office received a call from a jogger named Daniel Hart, who said he located what appeared to be a deceased female in a wooded area in Tristan's neighborhood near a retention pond. I know, how sad. Well, sadly, it was the body of Tristan Bailey. She was wearing a black Victoria's Secret shirt with the word pink across the front, black Nike brand sweats, and black black and white slip-on Vans tennis shoes, Vans brand tennis shoes. Um, her hair appeared to be matted and red in color, which appeared to be blood. And you saw that I showed you a picture of her earlier. What a, what a, such a beautiful oh, young yeah. lady. This, her blonde <laughs> hair. So I'm sure it was, I mean, the red probably stuck out a lot. She had multiple sharp force injury wounds on her hands, arms, neck, and appeared to have additional sharp force uh, trauma injuries to her back which was evident by the holes in her shirt, they said. Um, In the immediate vicinity, crime scene techs found a gold ring, a cell phone later to uh, be identified as Tristan's, and a $20 bill and a pink vape device. From the info they generated from her phone, it was determined that she was at Trey's house that evening once once she left her house at about midnight. Now, a deputy met with Trey, and Trey said Tristan was at his house the previous night and that she left with Aiden Fucci at about 1 a.m. He said when Tristan came to his house that she had snuck around the north side of his house to avoid security cameras at his house. Deputies then met with Aiden Fucci at his house. Wait, so Aiden... Was trying to avoid the cameras? No, no, no. Tristan. Oh, Tristan When Tristan okay. snuck over to Trey's house. <clears throat> gotcha. So deputies then met with Aiden Fucci at his house. Aiden told deputies that he was with Tristan at Trey's house, and they left together about 1 a.m. Aiden then said Tristan walked onto North Durban Parkway 
and turned on to, uh, onto Cloisterbane Drive alone to go to her house. He said he walked on North Durban Parkway and arrived home at between 3 and 3.30. Now, the detectives told him, well, that seems kind of odd, and asked, why would it take you two hours to walk from Trey's house to your house? And for reference, it should have been about a 28-minute walk. Does seem like a big discrepancy. Exactly. At that point, Aiden then changed his story, saying that he and Tristan continued walking north along Durban Parkway, and they got into an altercation after Tristan grabbed his penis. Kelly. Kelly, Kelly, Kelly. Wait. Yes. Wait, he was upset about that? Yep. Oh. Now, okay, I... I gotta ask you, Kelly, do you know the number for bullshit? Because I need to call it right now. According to Trey, Aiden basically had the hots for Tristan, so I'm sure he would have been happy if she grabbed his tiny little junk. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, he said after Tristan grabbed his junk, he forcefully pushed her to the ground and she struck her head. He said he wasn't sure if he saw her get up after that due to him being dizzy from the CBD he smoked earlier. Aiden said after that, he walked alone by himself for a while. Now, at this point, I know, I know, this is all bullshit. Yeah. Yeah. At this point, the deputies believed a crime had occurred. They read Aiden Fucci his rights. I'm sure you're not surprised. No, not at all. Another detective of the SVU, or Special Victims Unit, responded to the scene, and she said she spoke with Aiden and Trey and learned the following info. Aiden said Tristan, now this is what Aiden is telling them. Aiden said Tristan could be with a drug dealer in his in his 20s named Carlo that she communicated with via Snapchat, or she could be on a path by the North Amenity Center, which I'm guessing is this in their subdivision. Okay. Like maybe community center in their subdivision. Um, known for teenage drug use. So Aiden then said Tristan's friend Shyla would have more info. Aiden tried to call Tristan at this point many times, but it went to voicemail. The same detective said that she spoke with Trey, and he said he believed Tristan may be with a drug dealer in his early 20s. Trey let the detective uh, review his Insta and his Snapchat accounts to access Tristan's profiles. The detective noted that Tristan's last Snapchat post was about 16 hours earlier. Now, Kelly, at this point, law enforcement has started reviewing home security videos from the neighborhood. At 12.30 a.m., they see Tristan walking alone in the neighborhood. At 1.14 a.m., they see two people, believed to be Tristan Bailey and Aiden Fucci, um, walking together. Okay. Okay, so at 1.45 a.m., they see them both walking east on Saddlestone Drive, Then at 3.30, a video shows a person, believed to be Aiden Fucci, heading in the opposite direction alone, carrying his white Nike shoes. Now, I saw this video, and it looks like he's kind of running. Okay. So, you see them walking together, and then a little bit later, you see what appears to be Aiden running. So, you see at 1.45, they're walking together, and then at 3.30, which is almost two hours later... 
You see him going in opposite direction. He's kind of running. Yeah. Yeah. Now, moments later, video shows Aiden entering his home carrying those white Nike shoes. Later, when asked why he was carrying his shoes, he said it was because they hurt his feet. So, you know. Whatever. He's worn them all day, basically. Now, Kelly, armed with this video evidence and the fact that Trey said Aiden left his house with Tristan. So, basically, Tristan, I mean, Aiden is the last person known to be with Tristan. Right. They bring Aiden and his parents in for questioning. Aiden and his parents were brought in around 8.49 p.m. that night. Now, this is Mother's Day. They were placed in an interview room, which was audio and video recorded. Aiden's father, Jason Fucci, and his mother, Crystal Smith, were there in the same room with Aiden. Aiden's parents advised him the room was being recorded and to not speak about any possible involvement he may have had. In that, yeah, that's a little... But don't they have to ask for an attorney, though? Like, are you supposed to do that without an attorney? I thought you could just say... I don't think... I don't want to say anything without an attorney. I don't even think the detectives were in there yet. Okay. They just knew it was being recorded. So they're basically telling him, shh, you know. Sure. But, I mean, anyone would say that because you are entitled to an attorney if you ask for it. Oh, exactly. I don't fault people for asking for an attorney. Not at all. Um, Then his parents started asking him questions about the incident. Crystal, that's his mom, told Aiden that the girl, referring to Tristan, was found in their neighborhood down the main street. Aiden asked, is she good? His mom, Crystal, responded, no, she's dead. That's why this is very important. It's all on you right now. Aiden then responded, well, how's that my problem? You know, he's trying to, like, play it off. Right. His folks then said he was the last one to be seen with her. His dad was like, you understand this is a serious situation, right? Aiden said yes, that he understood it was. Kelly, the convos that went down between the son and parents in, uh, in that interview room, they're kind of shady. And I get the feeling that his mom knew in her heart, and probably his dad too, that Aiden had something to do with Tristan's death. And more will come on that. Sure. His mom and dad said the Snapchat he posted in the back of the police car was not a smart idea and they'd been receiving threats because of it. So, Kelly, let's talk about this Snapchat post. He was in the back of a cruiser and posted a Snapchat selfie that said, Has anyone seen Tristan? This little fucker knew exactly what he had done when he posted that. He already oh knew what God. he had done. I mean, what a little what shit. A jerk. Yeah. I don't care if he's 14. I mean, that that's a like a, a douchebag move right there. Now, Jason Fucci's dad asked Aiden if he had any scrapes or anything on him, and he said no. Now, you know, all of this is being recorded while they're in the interview room. Which I don't understand why they did that. Like, are the parents stupid? Like, you know, I mean, the mother said this is being recorded. You should have just not talked and said, look, we're not seeing anything until our attorney gets here. Right. Now, Jason Fucci's dad, as Aiden, if he told the police anything different um, that he or his mom were not aware of, Aiden said he did not. Aiden then said he told police that Tristan probably got picked up by her drug dealer. Aiden also said Tristan was not going to go home 
and was going to find someone to stay with. His mom, Crystal, kept asking about where Tristan went after Aiden left her. Again, you know she knew, like, something's not right here. Right. She know you, you know when your own kid's lying. Aiden said she probably kept walking. His dad, Jason, interjected and stated, You walked away? You came straight home? You didn't turn back around to see where she went? Aiden shook his head no. His dad, Jason, then asked his son, did he kiss or do anything with Tristan? Aiden said he did kiss Tristan, but denied doing anything further. His dad then asked, so your DNA is going to be on her, question mark? Aiden didn't respond. His dad said, we saw your shoes were off on the camera. Why were your shoes off? And then Aiden again said, oh, those shoes gave me blisters. So, you, I mean, his parents have to know at this point. Yeah, you know, maybe they th- maybe they're trying to get him to confess. Maybe they feel that that's the right thing or something, because it's kind of what it sounds like. Well, yeah, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see more going into this. His mom asked him, did Tristan really grab him, and he pushed her. Aiden stuck with the story that she did grab him. His dad asked, well, if Aiden knew what happened after he pushed her, and Aiden said no. Then his mom asked, well, if Tristan said ow, or did she get mad or anything? Aiden said Tristan um, yelled out his name. He pushed her, and he told Tristan to F off and walked away. His dad asked him if there was anything to worry about. Aiden said no. His mom then told Aiden their house was being searched. His dad asked Aiden why he was damp uh, when he got home. Aiden said he was wet due to water from a cup that he'd spilled on himself. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Now, mind you, like, she was found by a retention pond, so. Oh, gosh. At about uh, 9 p.m., a detective came into the interview room and requested Jason and Crystal consent to collect a DNA buccal swab, photos, and fingernail scrapings from Aiden. Aiden's mom, Crystal, said that they were going to wait until their attorney arrived, which I don't falter for that. That's right, a smart that's move. Right, that's a smart thing to do, yes. sure. When the detective left the room, Aiden's parents explained the things the detective requested were DNA tests and to make sure nothing was underneath his nails and nothing was on his body. His mom, Crystal, explained that detectives were going to go to their home and collect the clothes Aiden was wearing, His dad then asked, there will be nothing on these clothes, right? And Aiden said no. His mom asked Aiden if he wore khakis or blue jeans. Now, this is important. Aiden said he wore blue jeans. His mom asked again if Aiden was sure there was nothing on them. Aiden said, I don't think so. Why? And according to the video evidence, his mom then asked Aiden, are you sure there was nothing on them? Again, he said, I don't think so. Why? His mom whispered, blood. So they heard her whisper that. His mom then stated, when we looked on the cameras, you were wearing khakis, which he wasn't. She then said, right? So she was basically telling him, you had khakis on, right? And that will come into um, play a little later in this. So you had khakis on, right? And then Aiden, I guess, caught on and was like, yep. This seemed to be his mom's attempt to convince Aiden he was wearing khaki pants instead of blue jeans, contrary to his previous response. Hmm. Yeah, but <coughs> the friend would know. Exactly. What he was wearing. Right. 
Now, <clears throat> Jason Fucci, the dad, then asked if Aiden kissed Tristan last night. Aiden said he did kiss her along their walk. His mom said um, that she didn't see why Aiden kissed Tristan. Then Tristan grabbed Aiden, only for him to push her down. So the mom's, you know, you know, the mom's thinking this does not make fucking sense. Sure. And Kelly, I'm sure the mom, she's probably looking for the toll-free number to the bullshit hotline, too. Sure. She knows something's not right. At this point, the mom and dad advised Aiden to, they said, find your story and stick to it. Because they knew this shit was not adding up. At about 9.08 p.m., a detective entered the room and escorted Crystal, Jason, and Aiden to another room where their attorney, Anwar, uh, I'm hoping I pronounce this right, Snobber, S-N-O-B-E-R, Snobber, Snobber, was waiting to meet with them. So they meet with their attorney finally. So at about 10.26 p.m., Aiden, Crystal, and Jason came back into the recorded interview room with a substantially more upset demeanor. So they, they've had a chance to talk to their attorney. Sure. They come back. They're upset. They uh, All of them were sniffling and appeared to have recently been crying. So I'm wondering if there were some confessions of truth made to the attorney. I don't know. We can only assume. Right. Aiden's mom, Crystal, then reminded Aiden that the room was recorded and instructed him not to say anything. So, I'm wondering, did she find things out when they were talking to the attorney? Did Aiden admit to some things? Who knows? We'll find out. Aiden then asked his parents if there was a chance of him going home that evening. His mom, Crystal, told him, they are going to search my house first. And if there's anything, uh, any kind of thing that links, and she kind of trailed off, but then I guess looked at the dad and said, but I doubt he's going to go home, Jason. Aiden then said, I know, I'm staying here. Oh. Yes. He knew he did it. He well, knew. obviously, yeah. he knew he did it. Jason Fucci then was observed typing something into a text app on his phone. Now, this is the dad. And he and Aiden were observed passing the phone back and forth several times. This appeared to be a means of communication between them to subvert investigative efforts because they knew they were being recorded. Right. Yeah, they were trying to be really sneaky in their communication. So, again, who knows what conversations happened between them and their lawyer. Sure. Crystal then asked Aiden if he was high last night. He said he wasn't. Um, but he, he smoked the CBD. Yes, but remember, he complained about that CBD. Mm-hmm. Um, he said he wasn't. He told her that he smoked CBD last night, not THC. He told her that THC gets him high, that CBD does not. His mom then said, I'm just trying to think if you did something stupid, maybe something made you do it to justify it. So she was trying to create an excuse for him. a defense. Yeah. Okay, at about 11.45 p.m., a search warrant was obtained to collect evidence from the person of Aiden Fucci. Now, what this means is they can collect DNA buccal swabs, um, case prints, a penile swab, which, um, ugh. but anyway, fingernail scrapings, Aiden's clothing, and digital photos. Was he allowed to go in the bathroom where he could have washed his hands or something mm, before then? I'm kind of doubting it once they get there, but I'm not sure. They also allegedly found drawings of a violent nature with a satanic element to them. The drawings reportedly Ew. included a naked female with blood gushing from her arms. The female had X's slashed in red over her 
And it said private parts. So I'm Ooh. guessing her breasts and vagina. You know, private parts. <laughs> um, at 12.44 a.m., investigators search the Fuji home. They find a buck knife sheath. So a sheath that a buck knife would go into. A pair of wet white Nike shoes with blood on them. A t-shirt with blood on it. A white piece of paper with handwriting with possible blood on it. And a pair, and this will come up later, a pair of wet blue jeans in a laundry basket. They also find blood and dirt um, on the drain in the bathroom sink next to Aiden's bedroom. At about 3.30 a.m., they arrest Aiden on a second-degree murder charge. Uh, it's just awful, isn't it? That is. Yeah. Let me give you a little info about Tristan. Poor Tristan. Tristan Bailey, she was stabbed 114 oh times. Oh, my gosh. Yes. 114 times. That's yes. fucked up. The medical examiner found no evidence of sexual assault, thankfully, but there was evidence to suggest she fought her attacker. She was also reportedly found with the word karma handwritten in blue ink on her left ankle and a smiley face drawn on her right. Now, Kelly, many articles that I read, they allude um, to her murderer being the one to draw these. But I did find a bit of info buried deep in an article that said um, that a St. John's County Sheriff's deputy said another student called in a tip. And to tell him that Tristan actually wrote the word karma herself on her ankle, not Fucci. Okay. So, I, do, I mean, that's just what I read from the police report. Okay. On June 3rd, Aiden pleaded not guilty. His trial was originally set for November of this year, but it's been moved back to February of 2023. Oh, According wow. to St. John's County court records, he will be tried as an adult. Well, good. Now, here's some uh, interesting info, some, some extra info on this. On June 5th, Aiden's mom, Crystal, was arrested on a warrant charging her with tampering with evidence following um, Tristan's death. This is because it was discovered that she tried washing blood out of Aiden's jeans on the day after Tristan was murdered. Remember earlier when I went over what was seized from Aiden's house? Right. One of those items was a wet pair of jeans they found in a laundry basket. Now, Kelly, you see, when detectives first got to Aiden's house that morning to talk to him, he volunteered to show them where he and Tristan had walked. And with his mother's, uh, Crystal's consent, he took them there. While they were gone, Crystal went into Aiden's room, saw a pair of jeans there, and I'm guessing she saw the blood on them. She took them into the bathroom to hand wash them in the sink. This was all captured on their own security cameras in the house. Yes. That's stupid. How do you not know you have your own security cameras? They probably didn't think they, that that anyone would view them, I'm, I'm guessing. I'm not sure. Okay, wait. Who has security cameras in the bathroom? Well, it wasn't in the bathroom. It was, you could see it going into the bathroom. So, it was it was from a room, and it, there was this big playroom that the camera was overlooking. And I remember thinking that this playroom looked like a tornado went through it. So, they must have a younger child. Okay. And there were like a thousand toys everywhere. Uh, actually, I was a little jealous that, you know, all I had were like a ball and rocks to play with as a child. 
in this kid at so much. It was a huge room. But you could see her walking from a bedroom, carrying jeans, walking into a bathroom. And then I guess they found the jeans damp or wet in the laundry basket. And they could tell where she had tried to wash Now, here's the thing that I would say on that. Okay, so in what you were talking about, she was saying, well, did you have khakis on? And then he did have them. So you could argue. She could argue, look, I was just washing his jeans. And, you know, if they weren't confiscated, and she obviously didn't know what happened. But uh, I'm you know, sure she had a good idea at that point, though. You know, she, she had a did. good idea, but I'm just like, you know, I want to know more well, there about was... the kid because yes, I, I don't want to focus on the mom and what she did because you know, no, because she's a parent. <laughs> she's, she's a, a parent, parent. and yes. like if she's washing clothes, I'm sure there's a lot to argue about yeah. that. But Kelly, what I didn't go over yet there there was an article I read where she was talking with her sister-in-law about this. And the sister-in-law, she showed those jeans to her sister-in-law. And the sister-in-law even said, you can't wash those. That would be tampering with evidence. You can't do that. So she knew what she was doing. I'm sure she did. But at the same time, like, I don't know. I just, that's that's not what to focus on. You know what I mean? I I agree. And I'm not saying I wouldn't do that if I was a parent. So, who knows? I feel like I would be focused on why does someone stab someone, what did you say, 114 times? Yeah, that's not normal. No, like, it's not normal sh- at It all. would be different if it was, like, one stab or, like... No. I thought what you were going to say is he pushed her and she hit her head no. and she died that way. But stabbing no. a girl 115 times is mess. I mean, there's something well, wrong with this Well, people kid. from his school um, have came out and said that... He talked about wanting to kill someone a lot, and that his little girlfriend, he had actually even told her, she was worried one Tristan? time. Tr- no. Oh, Tristan, Tristan was not his girlfriend. No. Oh. No. His girlfriend, he had a little girlfriend. I can't remember her name right now. I, I really don't want to say her name. She's innocent sure. anyway. But she had um, testified that, well, I don't know if she actually testified, but it's been in, it's, uh, I've read some articles about it, where... She was actually afraid at one point in time that he was going to stab her. And uh, apparently he had talked about wanting to kill somebody often. And he wanted to stab. And I guess he had a lot of knives in his house. And he 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 did? Like, he had a lot of knives. And he had told his friend Trey and his girlfriend before that if he would kill somebody, what he would do is take them into the woods and do it. So... That's kind of how Tristan died, so... That's horrible. Yes, it's very horrible. I mean, it sounds a lot like a person that is criminally criminally insane, like Michael Myers type thing or something. You know what I mean? Like yeah. someone that is just not... Is well, not a normal person. He He's uh, going to be tried as an adult. Which is a good thing. And I think he's asking, asking for a change of venue... Um, because people know him there. Yeah, exactly. So we'll see. Um, uh, we'll probably do another episode or at least an update once we get more info on this. But we hope you guys like this episode. If you have any comments. I loved it. Thank you. Yeah. Don't hesitate to reach out to us. Dropping the dime pod at gmail.com. And we're also on Insta and TikTok at dropping the dime pod for 
Instagram, and TikTok. Yes, it, well, and we have a website as well. It's um, droppingthedimeontruecrime.com. You can um, send us messages on there, and you can also stream all the episodes on there. Thank you so much, guys. Until next time. Thank you. Bye.